first off, I want to thank Andrew's Pizza for allowing us to conduct this podcast out of uh, out of their cinema. And I also want to mention that the Hood River Cinemas are now open as of today, which is August 30th. And I want to start off also with welcoming Parker to the podcast. And I'm going to be interviewing Parker for uh, for the duration of the podcast. Let's just jump into it. Parker, so... Thank you, the, William. Tell the world about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Parker Vandetta. Um, I'm 23 and I moved to uh, Hood River two months ago. So I came from Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, I transferred for work. Um, I okay. work uh, at a coffee shop uh, called Stoked Roasters. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they had a location in... Um, Park City, Utah. And uh, yeah, I have been wanting to move here for as long as I can remember. And really, just, uh, yeah, it's worked out now. So now I'm here. How many? So did you visit Hooterer before you came out here then? <laughs> no. So I, uh, I've come out to Oregon ever since I can remember. Uh, we've flown into Portland and then we would travel down the coast. Okay. So I was super familiar with the coast and I knew like Oregon was going to be my place. And um so no, never been to Hood River. I just knew kind mm-hmm. of where the general area was. And I knew that I've loved every other town that I've been to that was kind of similar. And so I just took the chance that uh, I would enjoy it. And so nice. far, absolutely loving it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You mentioned before that you've traveled the world. Like so what countries have you been to? Where all have you been? Yeah. So definitely not as many places as I would like yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my first couple trips were, um, I went to Thailand, uh, Vietnam. Um, those were kind of like my first big ones. And then I did a couple European trips as well. Um, went to Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, France, England, and yeah, that's it in, in Europe. And then I just did my last big trip. I went down to Guatemala and Mexico. So I did a backpacking trip down there for like roughly four months. And so I oh, spent wow. a lot of time in Guatemala and then traveled all throughout Mexico. And then in September of last year, I went back to Guatemala as, as like a kind of like a reunion uh, to see a couple of friends that I met up with or met the year before. Was there a specific reason then to go to Guatemala? Yeah. So I was kind of familiar with Asia and I did Europe before that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I want to go down south. And mm-hmm. I've, I did a whole bunch of research and I figured out that, that I was going to do either Nicar- Nicaragua or Guatemala. And mm-hmm. at the time, Nicaragua was having a little bit of conflict going on. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to do Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And so I found it's a company called Workaway and it's basically a website where you can find all of these. It's like kind of a volunteer job. So everything from working in a hostel to working at a bar or watching kids or animals or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And people will write what the job description is. And you work like a 20 hour week with that. Mm-hmm. you know, company or family and they supply your room and board. Oh, cool. And so I uh, found the perfect place that I was going to go to in Guatemala and ended up getting there a week early. And the hostel that I stayed at the first week, I ended up just working there instead and it just worked out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, when was this again? This was, this was September of 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then okay. I came back, um, January of 2019. How's your move been? out here so far? Uh, absolutely perfect. Really? Um, yeah. I, uh, so I knew I was going to be coming out here for roughly four or five months before coming out here. Mm-hmm. I really only knew a handful of people out here. So I knew the owners of my company. Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple other friends that I knew from work as well. Mm-hmm. 
So I, in January or early February, called my friend Parker. His name's Parker as well. He's my right. current roommate now. He lives in Kentucky. So I called him and said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to be moving out to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Don't really know when mm-hmm. it's going to be in the next couple months. I want you to come with me. Yeah. So he came out with me and um, the owners of my company also had a rental that worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. So we're living together. They helped with the move as well and kind of just put me in the right spot. So so your roommate's name is also Parker? Yes, it is. And we I, look very similar as well. So. so you guys both get mail, both for Parker. Yes. And then you have to sort it according to the last name. Basically. Exactly. So okay. I'm Parker V and he is Parker B. Gotcha. So that doesn't work gotcha. either. Oh, cool. That's really interesting. Two guys living in the same place named Parker. Yep. <laughs> Are you liking some of the outdoor activities that we have around here? Or? Oh, absolutely. You know, coming from Utah, there was a lot of things to do. Um, everything from climbing to, you know, river rafting right. or mountain biking, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But here it's the water sports are just literally right there. Oh, so yeah. it's like, hey, you yeah. want to go swimming or you want to go paddleboarding or whatever you want to yeah. do. It's takes 10 minutes to get there. Yeah. And the water's warm. It's perfect here. And compared to Utah, where it's like yeah. if you, a lot of places, the water's warm in Utah. But where I lived, any of that water is mountain runoff and it is freezing. Oh, wow. So here it's I'd say there's just as many outdoor mm-hmm. activities. But I think here for me, it's nicer just to be able to go to the water. And that's what I'm really enjoying. Right. Right. Did you grow up your whole life then in Salt Lake City or did you move around or is that where you basically grew up? Yeah. So um, basically grew up in Salt Lake my whole life. Um, And I think that's the reason why I wanted to travel was Mm -hmm. to kind of just get away. Um, So when I was, how old was I? 20, I want to say. I uh, got my uh, NASM in personal training Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm moving to Austin, Texas Mm -hmm. just because at the time it was like the healthiest city in the United States or something like that. Really? Yeah. And so I was like, perfect. We're going to go. I'm going to go move to Austin. And I think I planned it for maybe two weeks. Uh-huh. Planned it, took, I had a tiny little car at the time, put everything I had in my car, found a room on Facebook, moved down there, realized I hate the heat. Right. And it was just my living situation wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. And one full day I was I did like a whole day of work and did a whole bunch of errands. And at 7 p.m., I was like, mm, I'm going home and just packed up my car and drove just like straight. That? Yep. Drove 20 hours back home. Oh, wow. And it just made me realize like at the time I was definitely not prepared whatsoever. Right. But I'm glad I did it because this move, mm-hmm. it made it significantly easier and I was actually prepared. Mm-hmm. But definitely don't regret it because it was a good experience. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You mentioned you have your personal training certificate. Mm -hmm. Now, what prompted you to get that? Yeah. So growing up, um, just really dove into health and nutrition and Mm -hmm. personal or fitness, really. Mm -hmm. And so it was just something I was like, you know what? I like this. I like telling people about it. Maybe I should learn more about this. Mm -hmm. Started studying for my certification while working at a gym. And then got my certification and then started working under a guy that really just trained me well on how to train people. Like it was a very big group setting. Mm-hmm. So usually you start off by training like one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I started training people. It was groups of roughly 20 to 30 people. And it was two of us training these people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like an eight week transformation thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I was trying to cue 10 different people at a time on exercises. So I learned very quickly. But yeah, and ever since then, I've just really enjoyed it. 
Are you doing personal training around here? I am not right now. I currently I love the company that I work with and I see yeah. myself with them for a while, but I see myself maybe on the side kind of doing nutrition coaching once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, I also have my precision nutrition cert as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of tend to like nutrition or coaching nutrition a little bit more than personal training, mm-hmm. just because it's like you can meet people anywhere. You can go to a coffee shop mm-hmm. or just out on the water right. or, or anywhere and you can tell them about it. What, what is precision nutrition? Yeah. So that's a, um, it's a company where that's a certain Mm -hmm. course and it's just a really well-known nutrition course. Okay. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, what's your typical day look like on sort of uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? (laughs) It's a great question. So forever I used to do roughly the same meals, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd have kind of like eggs and oatmeal, or I would do like, um, oatmeal and like vanilla protein with like cinnamon or Mm something like that. Um, but lately I have been struggling on trying to eat the same meals. It's just, my appetite has just not been there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because of just moving here and just everything changing and just routine being different. Uh, but lately I've been doing, so I really like oatmeal. That's like kind of like my Mm go-to. So I'll do like oatmeal and eggs in the morning. Um, and then I will have, uh, really like Kodiak cakes lately. So I'll do like a large serving of those Um, on top of the oatmeal. No. So that'll be kind of like a different thing. Mm-hmm. What other kind of meals do I do? Right before this, I did um, scrambled eggs with ham, for example. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just depends on really what I'm feeling and if I'm going to mm-hmm. work out. So like before a workout, I'll eat something different compared mm-hmm. to after one. Mm-hmm. Just depends on when yeah. that is. Yeah. How are you finding the food here? Like just around Hood River? Are you liking the local selection of, of everything and the, the freshness of everything? Yeah, I think absolutely. we do have a lot of great fresh stuff. Definitely. Around. And I think I think what I'm not used to, you know, in Salt Lake, where where I'm from, is we don't have as many restaurants that have like patios and Mm -hmm. really cool places to eat. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of places here that you can sit like on an outside patio or places Mm -hmm. with a really great view. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just adds something to it as well. Yeah. Do you meal prep? So yes and no. Um, Usually I try to make my food as as fresh as possible. Um, I personally don't like to cook, you know, whatever certain type of meat and have it in the fridge for a week. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just spend the time and just make it every day. Mm-hmm. Just cause I also, like I said, I get sick of having the same foods every single day. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just switch it up randomly just depending on what mm-hmm. I'm feeling like. And, you know, some people that's easier for them to just prep all, you know, mm-hmm. like a Sunday, just prep all your food for the week. Right. But it's like, I also kind of enjoy making my food as well. And so mm-hmm. for me lately, I just have been making it every day. Right. Have you found yourself gravitating towards any local restaurants and, and specifically any meals in particular? locally here? Um, yeah. So, uh, my roommates and I, we have gone to, uh, Fa river and really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I always love Thai food or just really any type of Asian food in general. Oh yeah. Um, we really enjoy going and sitting out at, uh, ferment. Like that's the place that yeah. I was thinking of is kind of yeah. going there and just sitting and relaxing and enjoying the view. Uh, where else? We don't really try to eat out too often. Um, just because of everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. But I would say those two are probably the places we frequent the most. And I mean, Stoked Roasters, I'm always there. Right. But yeah, I'd say those three. What's your favorite drink there at Stoked? I mean, personally, I do cold brew and oat milk. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my thing, but that's summertime. Yeah. In winter, it's definitely kind of like a, I'd say quad shot Americano. 
hot and that's it. Just in the morning. Oh, I'm drinking coffee up until five, really? six PM. Yeah. Okay. So it's you, just your body can handle it. Oh, mind. definitely. Yep. I'm one of those people that can't sleep if I drink caffeine after about four or five PM. So mm-hmm. I have to cut the caffeine, but it seems like a lot higher tolerance than I do. Yeah. So I've been in coffee for a while now and it's something where I've definitely I think I've yeah. always been able to handle a little bit more coffee. Mm-hmm. I think my body just digests a little bit quicker and some people mm-hmm. it digests a lot slower. Yeah, I think uh, right now I definitely need to cut back a little bit. I think, well, a lot of people here, we can all cut back I think, just a little <laughs> bit. We have a lot of coffee shops for this little town. You really do. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. all really good. And, and I must, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy all of our wide selection of coffee shops here. As a matter of fact, the other day, I don't know if anybody can check out my posting on Instagram the other day, but I got to give a huge compliment to uh, Dopio. Their breakfast parfait was just really, really good. You get all this uh, granola and berries and really nice uh, plate of uh, of really nice Greek yogurt. It not only tasted good, it looked good for my Instagram account from <laughs> Discover Hood River. That is one thing I definitely noticed about Hood River is all the selection of uh, nice coffee shops that we have here. And especially if you're a caffeine addict, it's going it, to, this is a great place, a really great place to be for for sports and caffeine, if that's what you're into. It really is. So um, so what's, uh, tell me about your, your workout routine. What was your sort of kind of go-to uh, routine? Are you mostly into cardio, uh, strength training, weight? Yeah. So try to mix it up here and there. Right now, my roommate Parker and I, and also my other roommate Hope, we go to the gym every day together after work. And uh, so Parker and I are doing a program together. It mm-hmm. is kind of like a strength slash um, bodybuilding slash like so weightlifting workout program mm-hmm. um, that we just we're doing one together. And we're like on week three right now. Okay. Absolutely loving it. So it's we're liking just switching things up. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, in a couple months, we'll do something different. Okay. Um, but yeah, on a, a couple of weeks ago, we'll go in like we did hill sprints and, you know, sometimes we'll go out and then to the park and go run around or right. throw a ball around or go out to the beach and run right. there too. So it kind of just depends, but mostly right now we're doing uh strength training. What gym do you go to? Uh, power station with Chenna. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So that's how you know Chenna. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So hope my other roommate, she, uh, you, she went to the power station and so she became friends with Chenna. And so right when we got here, she kind of introduced okay. us and ever since then talked to Chenna all the time. He's great. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like every time I talk to somebody that knows Chenna, the first thing that they say is like, Oh, what a, he's, he's such a great guy. <laughs> And I had him on the, the podcast last episode and I hope uh, to have him on again at some point. Um, so I know one time I think I went by stoked. I can't remember if it was to get shots of espresso or green tea, but you mentioned that you had done Muay Thai yourself. Oh, yeah. So where did you do this and like how far, like how much did you train in Muay Thai? Yeah. So Muay Thai, I started, so I started technically in boxing when I was 13, but I started doing MMA. I want to say when I was 15 and with that was Muay Thai and, okay. and kicks and elbows and knees and stuff like that. I'm assuming this is in Salt Lake City. Yes, it is. Okay. So yeah, I started doing that roughly when I was 14, 15. And then I would kind of go back and forth from two gyms. I would go to a boxing gym for like six months. And then I would do go to an MMA gym. And that's mm-hmm. where you would do, you know, jujitsu on the ground and Muay Thai and okay. stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. It's fun. It's, it's a, a blast. F- oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Love it. I cannot wait until some of the fighting gyms open up around here. Mm-hmm. I was in, um, I was in Taekwondo for probably like six, seven years, I think. And then I switched to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu down there in South Florida. I just love the, um, like all of it. It includes so many things to me, like mm-hmm. cardio. Um, you need a lot of, uh, sort of like that long-term stamina. You need, Completely. You need, and on top of that, in my opinion, I think that the fighting sports are like really fun. So how did you, so you went to a boxing gym in actual, <laughs> yeah. it was, was it just straight up boxing? Yes. So okay. it was that. That's interesting. Yeah. Like 13 year old me, it was a, um, like a very old school, very old school, traditional boxing gym. It's called Flash okay. Academy in Holiday, okay. Utah. Um, like you walk in and it's playing old Tupac and Biggie yeah. and just yeah. dust on the walls and old pictures of the head trainer. His name is Eddie Flash Newman. And um, there seems to be. OK, so I got to make a quick yeah. comment on that. Like I've uh, I've been to a few boxing gyms. Uh, one when I was think about 18, 19. Uh, I was up in Yakima mm-hmm. at, at that point in my life and everything that you described, it was, was old, mm-hmm. dusty. Everything was just old, yep. but, but you go in there and you just, you just work yourself to death. Mm-hmm. They will Completely. like, and when I lived in the United Kingdom, I lived in a town called Lincoln in Lincolnshire. Okay. And wow. I went to the, when I first got stationed over there, um, I went to a local boxing gym and everything that you just described. Mm-hmm. It just seems that for some reason, boxing gyms are always just like that. They're old and dusty, but yeah. they, but you go in that gym in the United Kingdom and there's like the canvas is still covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to do sit-ups on this blood covered, it's dried blood yeah. everywhere. But I, I really loved it. Um, the, the, to me, boxers are some, there's, there's just some of the best people. Oh, completely. Uh, yeah. I, I, just their, their attitudes and mm-hmm. everything. But but I will say out of all the fighting sports, I think, in my opinion, boxing to me was it was like mentally the toughest to get through because okay. you, you're just getting punched in the head and getting punched in the head is it hurts. Yeah, it really hurts. It surprises you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when that first time you get hit in the head and then the world goes around and, yep. and your knees buckle. And if you've never experienced that, it's it's such a different experience. And it's not like getting choked out and because because you can just tap and it really doesn't hurt as much. But when you no. get hit in the head, it just the first time I got punched in the nose there in the boxing gym, that was that was quite an experience. because You, <laughs> you know, of course, your your eyes water. Oh, yep. And tear up immediately. What happened was I didn't put up my hands and the guy threw a right cross right on the end of my nose and my head snapped back. And <laughs> when my head came down, he hit me with another like jab right again on the nose. And it was just, yeah, it was quite an experience. It's was, a humbling was, experience. Oh, a very. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I would say that it's a mm-hmm. very humbling experience. Yeah. I, uh, I took a couple years. I did, I did like a year or two off. I like have an issue with one of my knuckles. So I took some time off and uh, I went back to um, a gym. It's called Factum MMA in Utah. And uh, went in, first time back to a boxing gym in at least a year. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start doing, they have like a specific program where it's like you have to spar, I think, a hundred rounds in order to do. Really? Uh, yeah. In order for them to actually put you into like an amateur boxing match. Wow. And so I was like, okay, well, I want to start this. Mm-hmm. And it was my first day back. And I remember sparring. There was three other guys ranging from this guy who was like a heavyweight. He was probably roughly 280 pounds and mm-hmm. was very good. And he was going light, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was smart enough to where it's like he would get you once and you never wanted to get hit again. And yeah. then there was another kid who was probably six foot and 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
but was so good. And then there was another one that was probably, I don't know, roughly my size. And every single one of them just beat me down. And it just really makes you realize like, yeah, you're like, you need to learn a lot. And it's, there's a lot of people out there that are extremely good at this. And oh, yeah. it's fun yeah. to watch too. Oh yeah. It's um, all of those sports really. And, and I've seen Muay Thai fighters that, that looks to me like an incredibly brutal sport on its own because you're throwing elbows and knees oh, yeah. and, and you're hitting people with your shin, which takes a while for it to deaden the nerves to be able to oh, actually even, I mean, it just, it, it looks like an incredibly painful sport. And I, I do not I hope I never, ever have to fight a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. When I started doing kicks originally, I remember I was, yeah, 14, 15 and my whole right, both my legs, I mean, from middle of my shin all the way down to my foot was just mm -hmm. black from a bruise. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I couldn't go back for like a week or two because it hurt so bad. Oh yeah. And now it's to the point where it's like, it doesn't phase me anymore, yeah. but it takes a very long time to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. But I think when it comes down to mixed martial arts, it's like, when it comes to jujitsu and groundwork, you have to be mm -hmm. so smart with what move you want to do and what position you want to be yeah. in. And yeah. I think those people are, they're very smart and they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I can't wait until some of the gyms open back up because that was something that I really, although I didn't get to it very much before the whole coronavirus shutdown happened, I, I am looking forward to getting back into the to some of the gyms. Well, you mentioned something like else that I want to slightly get into earlier. You you said um, and before we started the podcast, uh, Parker mentioned that he was into cars. So so had it so so what era? So for, yeah. So for first off, what era cars and how did you get into cars? I mean, I got into cars through my dad. Um, right now, he is currently he bought a uh, roughly an '89 Camaro that has stripped it completely down. We took the engine out of it, engine trans, everything. It's completely gutted. He's putting a roll bar in it, putting an LS one in it, completely redoing the whole car. Mm -hmm. That's currently what he's doing. But I got into it through him growing up. He had trucks, boats, four wheelers, all sorts of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so at a very young age, I was doing a whole bunch of things with him trying to weld at like age 12 or 13. Really? Yeah. And then, um, my mom doesn't really know much about cars, but I tell people I get my driving from her because she drives very fast really? and I like cars and like to drive in a fun way. Welding at 12. Yeah. So wow. yeah. Using welder and a grinding wheel and all sorts of stuff. So do you have any specialty then when it comes to, to auto? I actually like body work more than anything. Okay. So in high school, I had a car that I completely sanded down, did all the body work for and mm -hmm. repainted myself in a professional booth. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it took roughly six months. Like I had two classes in high school that I could go to and do this at. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I spent hundreds and probably thousand hours on that and loved it. Like it was a great experience, but it made me realize how much work it actually goes into making it perfect because oh, yeah. I thought it was perfect. Like you have it sanded yeah. down and you prime it and then you see all these little dings everywhere and you're like, wow, this is not wow. how I want it to look. But I mean, it was a 23 year old car at the time. So, so are you more into classic cars or like modern cars? No. So kind of like re restoration maybe. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Okay. So I personally like European cars. Um, I've had older BM, I've had 87 BMWs. I've had, I had a 67 Volkswagen type three square back. Um, right now, um, I'm into newer European cars, mm -hmm. but I've had older Japanese cars. I've had a Jeep. What else? I had all sorts of stuff. My dad also has a 96 Ford truck that we went on together as well. And 
Mm-hmm. He right before that he had a Porsche 944, oh, wow. um, which was a blast to drive. And so yeah, it all just depends. I'm not yeah in one particular area. Speaking of Jeeps, have you by chance been into the uh, the Wham Museum? No. So I've passed it a couple times, and it's definitely caught my eye. And it seems really cool, though. If you're into vintage cars, you should definitely check okay. that out. They have Good to know. Um, it, the Wham Museum is is incredibly impressive. When you go inside, they have cars from the 1920s, 30s. Uh-huh. The other big section that a lot of people don't realize, they have a nice big section of uh, military jeeps and stuff. Wow, like. okay. So, so when you said Jeep, I'm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, you may, you may get a thrill out of seeing all the everything that they have there at the at the Wham Museum. Yeah. What era of cars were you? Are you mostly into muscle cars? That's no, for me, it's mostly, um, European cars. So I've just tended, like I've had everything and it just, for me, I've, mm-hmm. I really liked older BMWs, um, had some older, uh, Volkswagens as well. And so right now I have a newer Volkswagen, but yeah, just something about unreliable German cars. I love really. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't wow. know why, but that's just what I enjoy. But yeah, yeah I can appreciate everything. Yeah, the Ger- the Germans make really nice stuff when it comes to cars. Yeah, it's very high quality. Yeah, as opposed to well, I've recently s- kind of started having this weird interest in in like sixties and seventies muscle cars, okay. trying to trying to learn the basics mm-hmm. of that. But but I can definitely appreciate, like, especially when I lived over there in, in England. I love all the ingenuity that goes into some of the European cars. Mm-hmm. They come up with some really brilliant stuff. Some unique things. Very yeah. unique things. Yeah. Yeah, high quality stuff. Well, I guess we're gonna have to wait till the next Fast and Furious movie comes out. That was also another one that I don't know what your thoughts on Fast and Furious franchises. Yeah, yeah. and I have very mixed emotions about it. I think they should have stopped after four. But I just had—I yeah. don't remember who I just had this conversation with. But we were talking about our favorite movie. Which one was mm-hmm. our favorite? Fast and Furious. And I actually think that the third one was my favorite. Because, and it doesn't Tokyo drift. Yes. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, that isn't even a real fast and furious. It's like, it is, it's the most, I I don't want to say realistic, realistic. Yeah. But yeah, it makes you really think it puts you in, you know, your thoughts of like, oh yeah, I could move to Japan and this could be me and you know, whatnot. But that's definitely my favorite for sure. I've always wanted to go to Japan. I, I've never yes. made it to Japan. Although I have to say I, I got close. I'm not sure if I told you this or not like earlier, but um, I grew up partially on the island of Guam. Wow. No, you did not tell me that. Yep. I was there for when I was 12 to 16. Uh, was your so, parents or anybody in the military there? No, we moved there. Um, although I lived on a military base, my parents were yep. military. They were government. Okay. So we still got on base privileges. I had a halfway experience of growing up is of course a U.S. territory, but it was a very diverse island to grow yeah. up and very unique. So when I came back to the States at, at age 16, it was, um, I guess I experienced a little bit of reverse culture shock. Yeah. Right. It was, uh, I moved in between my sophomore and junior year to a high school right outside of uh, Yakima. And it was incredibly hard to relate to people at that yes. time because it was just, cause my experience was just so incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I know we got kind of off topic, but I mean, when you mentioned Japan, I, I never made it, I was so close and I never yeah. made it to Japan. I always wanted to to make it there, but, um, maybe one day he's got a planet, right? Right. Yeah. Speaking of Asia, you said you went where to, to Vietnam? Yeah, I've gone to Vietnam and Thailand. Okay. What mm-hmm. prompted those trips? Yeah. So Thailand, um, that was, yeah, that was when I was 18. That was my first out of the country trip and, uh, went because a friend at the time, um, her dad went and loved it, have, mm-hmm. had the best time. And his business partner had a, 
like a condo there in one of the areas down south and um, or southern Thailand. And mm-hmm. so that was the reason. So we knew the last couple of days that we could stay in this this rental for free, basically. But we mm-hmm. just heard great things, um, super cheap, kind of easy to relatively easy to travel around. And so um, that's why we went to Thailand. Okay. And how mm-hmm. was how was the experience? Absolutely unbelievable. You know, really? being that young and going to a place like that and mm-hmm. just seeing that side of the world yeah. just really opened up my eyes to what's out there, really. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you by chance, have you been to the new noodle house up there? I have not. No. Mugen noodle. Okay. I would definitely recommend that, if you, especially if you love Asian food. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's well. You mentioned Faux River. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So I love Faux River. Hood River now has the new noodle bar up there. Okay. Uh, right good by the river. Yeah. Definitely yeah, recommend still trying it. to figure out the good places to eat and drink and oh really all that. Yeah. Okay. That is definitely one to check out. Well, I will. All right, Parker. I think I want to go ahead and wrap this up. And um, before I end, I also want to again give a nice uh, compliment to Andrew's Pizza for allowing this podcast to take place at Andrew's Pizza. And once again, just keep in mind that Hood River Center are now open for some limited movies. And I want to thank Parker for coming out. Is there anything else you want to close with? No, I mean, William, I appreciate you uh, having me on here and definitely hope to be on here again. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone to check out Stoked Coffee Roasters where where Parker works. And if he said anything that you can relate to, just uh, yeah, check them out at Stoked Coffee on the river. I'm there. All right. (laughs) Have a good one, Parker. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.